Mexico, I remember we had this guy pick us up from the airport. This guy is in this tiny little cab and the guy weighed like 400 pounds and he's absolutely massive. And so I was like, this guy knows, this knows, guy knows what's food. up. <laughs> <laughs> and so we get in the car and I'm like, all right, take me to your street taco place, please. Oh my goodness. All right, guys, so we're going to get right to this interview. We had a lot of fun talking with Harm God, and we want to thank him for giving us his time. So after the interview, we're going to talk CJ Cup, do our matchups, do our back asswards segment, and continue our master sleeper draft. So we'll see you guys on the other side. Here's Evan Harmeling. We are very excited to introduce recent Corn Ferry Tour winner Evan Harmeling to the podcast. Evan, thanks for joining the Chili Dip. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks a lot for uh, for having me on, Evan. So so, uh, we've been calling you Harm God ever since you won. Uh, <laughs> we took that title away from Brian Harm, and you're the new Harm God. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm, we I'm hope, happy to have it. We hope it sticks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're trying to get it to stick. <laughs> yeah, I've so, gotten a bunch, but never never Harm God. <laughs> e Harmony, E Harmony, Evian. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so I can't resist. We've got to start with your win just two weeks ago, the Savannah Golf Championship uh, at Deer Creek. You shoot 64 the first day, and you follow it up with 67-67 and find yourself in the final group. Take us behind the scenes. What was Evan Harmeling doing Saturday night and Sunday morning to prepare for potentially the biggest day of his career? I was I was cooking, uh, cooking, doing my, my stretch routine. What were you cooking? Um, we cooked... Let's see, on Saturday night, we cooked pasta. Um, oh, wait, no, no, no. Friday night was pasta. Saturday night was was chicken and rice. Um, yeah, it was... Might be the lucky meal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's pretty... It's a staple, so it's, That's it's staying in the combo. rotation regardless. That's but, literally what we eat every night. We have chicken and <laughs> pasta and rice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we got a pretty good marinade going and getting this chicken going and some... Uh, we marinated it in a little bit of... A little bit of mustard, a little bit of vinegar, and then some like Italian dressing. It's a pretty good combo. <laughs> but yeah, then so cooking and then uh, and then doing my this stretch routine. I mean, workout routine, whatever you want to call it. I've been ramping that up in the last month or so. That's been that's been huge doing so that do before stretch, and after. So you stretch after your round, and then you stretch again at night, or do you or you just stretch in the morning then before your round? Yeah, both. Uh, I'll do morning two hours before the round um two to two and a half hours before the round and then and then at night i'll just kind of um i mean i just i try to hang out just on the on the ground and not be in a sitting position um right. mm -hmm. and i've actually been doing this uh so i i've been watching a lot of f1 lately i watched that drive oh, to yeah. survive netflix show 
I oh, love that, that show. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm full on obsessed. I, I watched the show four times through because like <laughs> kind of get in these these weeks on the road and then I have have a new caddy, like a buddy with me, and then I'll be like, all right, like have you seen the show? And they're like, No. I'm like, all right, let's and then take it from watch the top here. Again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I can pretty much quote that show from from the beginning, but um but yeah, I've been doing the this Danny Ricardo like when he's sitting there with his Aussie trainer and they're like, they, Danny Ricardo's like staring at the guy wide eyed as they, they like throw this ball to each other. And I think they keep eye contact. Um, at least this is my interpretation of the thing. So they, they keep eye contact and then they throw these tennis balls to each other and it like kind of trains your peripheral vision. And, um, anyway, so I just lay on, on my back on the ground and throw a cross ball up. I'll just stare at like one point on the ceiling and then. You got to catch the ball without looking at it. Um, wow, that's wild! I never, yeah. I never heard of that, especially it, for golf. I, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I don't know. I, I just think it, it's warming up, kind of coordination, hand eye. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, hand eye is not necessarily hand eye actually in golf, but like just being aware of where your hands are in space is really important. I mean, there are little things that kind of happen in the swing. If I like. I don't know. I'm right now. I'm spinning my hips out. Like my, I always have like fast hips, but spinning my hips out like crazy and it puts my hands in, in kind of a bad position coming down. And if you're, I mean, the more you're aware of that and the more you can kind of <laughs> flip them over, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> or, or just, yeah, make, making kind of small subconscious adjustments during the swing that, I mean, that's, that's a good thing. Totally. And the eye, the eye movement is interesting too, because no one really talks about eye movement, but it's, it's definitely a crucial aspect, especially in putting too. Uh, they've done studies with, with how your eyes move, uh, closer to impact. And it's, it's actually really interesting because it changes how you see the line and completely changes your, your stroke and your swing. So yeah, I've, yeah, I've had guys explain that to me a little bit too. Yeah. Especially with putting, I hadn't heard too much about full swing, but. No, it's it's cool stuff. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, so I was just going to kind of lead us into Sunday and um, talk about that round a little bit. So you hit a lot of great shots, obviously. You, you have to if you're going to win a, a tournament on the Corn Ferry Tour. Are there any shots that really stand out in particular to you that gave you, you know, a lot of confidence or, or were, were just, you know, really well struck? Um, well, you mean that final round kind of thing? Yeah. Um. Yeah, there were, I mean, there were a few. I, I got a little bit lucky on the first hole. I mean, I, I hit a decent three out. I was in the rough, but I yanked this wedge that I had. And so I had to, I had a tree overhanging and I was trying to play like five yards right of the flag. And I, I pulled this thing just a little bit, just right at the flag. And it, it kind of brushed the, like the very tip of this tree kind of overhanging and went, I mean, it went right through it and ball went to five feet and I made it for birdie. Um, so that was, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, that was a nice way to start. But then the second hole, so I was like, sweet, I made birdie on one. And then second hole, this pin was, was tucked over this bunker and I made a really good, really good confidence swing with this nine iron and, um, and stuck it in there right over this bunker with water left and kind of took it on a little bit. Um, and that was cool just to, yeah, just to have the lead, make birdie on one, and then um, 
and then followed up with a really good confident swing. But there was, yeah, there was some tense times in the middle of the round. I had a couple three putts on seven and eight. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest, the biggest shot of the day was my par putt on nine because I was, I was definitely reeling a touch and just scraping it around on nine, hit this like skanky drive out to the right. Then I needed to take it over this palm tree. And I mean, I, I hit it straight into the palm tree. Um, and <laughs> come it, it, it kind of just, it went through it and I had 40 or 50 yards, hit a pretty good wet little wedge shot up there to 10 feet. And at that point, the guy, Kevin Doherty, the guy I was playing, he had birdied, um, was it six? No, he didn't birdie six. He birdied seven, eight, nine. And so wow. he makes this 20 footer on nine for birdie. And then I'm sitting there with a nine or 10 footer for par, uh, to, wow. I think, I think it was to keep a one shot lead. And so I, I nailed that putt and that was, um, that's a massive because, so you said you three putted seven and eight and he birdied seven and eight. Yep. And then you get wow. to nine and he makes another one. Yeah. That's I mean, massive. He was, yeah. He was, he was hot and yeah. And I was, uh, I was starting to kind of not hit the greatest shots, obviously for the, the previous few holes. And, um, and then to make that putt to keep a one shot lead, even though I knew he was kind of charging, it was, um, it was really important to have that confidence, especially getting around the, getting around the clubhouse. And it's one thing when you're just out on the course, but when you make the turn, for me at least, things kind of come back to, like, come back to reality a little bit. Like, hey, here's, um, we're back at the clubhouse. You see some leaderboards. Totally. You, um, and it's not it just like you're just, real. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So having some confidence, like walking to 10 was huge. So did that creep into your mind at all? I mean, coming down the stretch, were you like, oh my God, you know, what would this mean for me to win? And how did you kind of block that out? That, I mean, fortunately that, um, those thoughts were not, were not in my mind at all. I, when I was, when I had five holes left, I, I checked my phone to check the leaderboard because they're, because of COVID, they're not doing leaderboards and stuff. And, uh, well, at least out on the course, they had one on 18, but, um, check my phone. I realized, okay, like there's a guy in the house at, I think it was 19. Um, yeah, there's a guy's at 19 and it didn't really look like other people were, were going to make a run from behind. So I was at 19 at the time and well, actually I'm, I was at 18. Um, and, yeah, Kevin was a, was two shots up on me, I think, or may, maybe even three. Anyway, it was, uh, I was like, all right, I'm playing this guy here right in front of me. Um, and got into a little bit of a match play mentality where I'm just focused on beating this guy right next to me. Um, and I got, I definitely got tunnel vision on that. And especially after we both birdied this par five, 14. And then we got to 15 and I'm at that point, I'm just like, I'm solely focused on what Kevin and I are doing and not really, I'm not worried about any, anything else in the field. It's just like a match play. Let's, I just want to beat this guy. And, um, yeah. And then, and then that 15th hole kind of reinforced that because it was, it's not the easiest hole out there, especially where the pin was. And I had a pretty good, 
um, pretty good nine iron in there. And then Kevin sticks it right, like just inside of me. I made it. And then he makes it on top of me. So then it's like, okay, this is me and him. And it was good that I didn't, um, I mean, I, I like getting into those situations, but it helped me to, to not think about the, the bigger picture at the time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you're able to two putt from the fringe to get the victory in the playoff. You hit this unbelievable three wood from right around 280, I think, right? It was, I had 269 in, in regulation and the playoff actually exact same, okay. same number. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was like a yard away from my divot. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So you could really see how much it meant to you after you tapped in. What was it like going from grinding over shots? You know, you talked about being in kind of a match play situation just minutes before to knowing that you'd won. And when did it actually sink in that you'd won? Um, Right when I made that little two footer there, I mean, it was, uh, it Which was, isn't it easy. was cool. I mean, that, yeah, <laughs> you know, even you have that little meat left, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, no, it was, I mean, I had that, it was only 10, maybe 12 feet from the back fringe. Yeah. I lucked out, I lucked out that it didn't go into the back swale because that sprinkler head. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I, it was pretty greasy down, down to that pin. And, I hit this putt. I mean, it was, yeah, it was definitely nerve wracking. And, um, I def, I mean, I didn't have the best touch at the time. It was just kind of, I mean, my arms are kind of numb. And I mean, normally it's like, normally my putting routine is, it's like, I gotta, I gotta like engage my glutes to kind of stabilize my lower body. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I can't feel my, can't feel my legs. (laughs) Um, can't feel my legs, can't feel my arms. It's just like, okay, like there's the whole, like, let's just try and like look at the putter head going back to like a, a decent, a decent way back. And <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, okay, I hit it and I'm like, wait a second, slow down ball. Like I, I had no intention of running this thing by at all. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And then that two footer, it was, um, I was just telling myself like, there's no deviation from my routine here. It's, it's doing exactly what I always do, same amount of time. And even though I can't really feel um feel any of my body, I was just like um I was just like pin these elbows into my core and do it with my body. Um because you definitely don't want to be thinking hands at that point if you can't yeah, feel them. Totally. <laughs> um so it's like, yeah, I just like kinda anchored my elbows into my core and I was like, all right, let's just rock the rock the body and it's like pretty unlikely that it's, it's going to miss. So, um, I also, the other key is not looking at the hole, um, during, yeah, during my routine, I never will focus my eyes on the hole. Wow. Um, Okay. You always go past the hole where you want the ball to go if the hole wasn't there. So Mm -hmm. that kind of got me out of the, like, I'm just trying to make this putt. It's, it's like, all right, let's, uh, let's just think about like that area past the hole and feel how feel as best I can, how to get the ball there. So you just, so just in general, when you're putting, you just look at your line and where that's going to go even past the hole. So it's actually, I don't look at the line. Um, I try to be, I try to be focused on the ball, especially aiming the, so I get up to the ball, I'm aiming the putter there. Um, I aim it 
like perpendicular to the line that I have on the ball. And then I try to, I mean, some, a lot of people will, will like kind of rock their eyes along the target line or to some intermediate point or something. And I try to go directly from the ball to, to the point past the hole where I'd want the ball to go again if the hole was not there. Just thinking that, I mean, that mindset is like purely touch control, feel, distance control with the ball. Yeah, um, kind of instinctual, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I train that too in my practice. Um, there are a few different ways, a few different drills that I do to um, to dial in my speed on the greens. But that's that's the goal is to be thinking thinking speed, not thinking stroke or start line kind of thing. It's, um, it's like, let's just, let's get this ball going at the right pace. And that'll, I mean, I already, I already did the read. I already aimed my putter. I already, I've already worked on my stroke off the course. So those kind of things, uh, those kind of things can, can really cloud your mind when, when you're over a putt. If you're like, Ooh, did I, did I read this one? Right. Uh, it's like you're, yeah. you've, you've lost at that point. Um, right. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. So let's, so, so you make the putt, you win, you're awarded harm God status. <laughs> you, you know, you got, you get the job done. How did you celebrate? What did you do? Well, I had to, uh, so this, um, this friend of mine who, who'd caddy for me in the past, he was caddying, um, for another guy and, uh, he'd got some champagne and we just kind of hung out at the course and you go over to the, the truck, which is like the corn ferry tour, um, like operations truck. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so we just went and hung out with, um, hung out with the guys on the truck that, that kind of do all the logistics and all the things to, to make, make the tournament go. We hung out with those guys and had some champagne and, um, had a few beers and then, uh, yeah, and talked with some of the guys from the course and the, the grounds crew there. They were, they were cool guys. And so we, we hung out there for a bit and then, um, and then my, uh, my, my caddy drove me to, drove me back to Jacksonville. Um, we, we decided, I mean, <laughs> it was, it wasn't really the, a very well planned out celebration, but it, <laughs> yeah. it was like, let's, let's get out of here. Let's, let's go down to Jacksonville. How far is that drive? It's about an hour 45. Okay. Um, That's but it was, it was, it was good. We got to, you know, talk to my parents and, um, talk to some, some friends of ours. And, um, instead of doing that, I mean, I guess it was killing two birds with one stone. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. So you made a lot of phone calls, right? <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, it was it was nonstop. We we so, tried to listen to some music for about thirty seconds, and that didn't didn't work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so to kind of get into your background a little bit, uh, first, Evan, I, I I need to ask, what's this story about you wearing one pair of pants? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we, we got to talk about that. We yeah, gotta we got to talk about that first. Yeah, so um, I mean, I only the last two to three months. I've only worn one pair of pants in tournaments, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I wore those pair of pants the majority, vast majority of the time this entire year. Um, I have, I mean, I got this maybe two other pairs of pants because last year at some point I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm still wearing (laughs) pants from, still wearing (laughs) pants from college that they gave me. And 
these things are, I mean, they're like in ridiculously baggy and, um, not to mention just worn out. And so I was like, I need to get some new pants. So I, I got this, um, pair of like Under Armour pants and then, and then I was at, I saw this like Lululemon store and I know a bunch of guys wear Lululemon pants. I'm like, all right, I'll get a pair of Lululemon pants. And then I, I got them and then I wore them and realized that they're not golf pants at all. I mean, these things, it's weird for Lululemon pants too, because you would think that they were whatever, but these things, they're no good for on the golf course. I like the pants, but, um, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, well now I got, I got one pair of good pants. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so then I, uh, yeah, and then I, I have no problem wearing pants back to back days. And then I'll do, I'll do laundry like once on Friday night. Most of the time is my normal, normal routine. Sometimes they've, That's awesome. they've gotten worn. <laughs> I mean, if it's like a colder climate, I'm not sweating. Like I got no problem wearing them, <laughs> wearing them three or four days. <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. So what you're saying is basically you're looking for a pants sponsor. So if we've got any uh, sponsors out there looking to sponsor a Corn Ferry Tour winner, <laughs> yeah, you know, hit every hey, He out. only needs one pair, though. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not going to... One gonna, pair he's set. I won't wear anyone out. I mean, just give me a couple. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, anything's, anything's appreciated, but no, um, I like the... Uh, I like my routine that I got going on. I got some yeah. good, good hand-me-down shirts, and uh, and I got that one pair. So we'll keep it rolling. The more worn out they get, the the better I like them. Yeah, and it's working pretty well for you right now. I'd say. <laughs> yeah. So to kind of get into your background a little bit, uh, you're born in Boston, and it says you grew up in North Reading. So just kind of curious, you know, where did you play most of your junior golf, and uh, what was it like growing up in Boston? Yeah, I was, um, it was great. I grew up in North Reading and played at, um, played at Hillview and. Oh, yeah, played, yeah. Played at Gannon a little bit in Melrose. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then when I was, I think, 12 or 13, um, I joined Andover Country Club. And okay. that's kind of when I was getting serious, um, about golf. I started, started practicing a lot and, um, maybe a little, maybe 11. 11 or 12, but anyway, so joined Andover and, um, and that place is, that place is awesome. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a really good scene and played, um, yeah, just, uh, played some NEPGA. I mean, NEPGA tournaments, the New England PGA yeah, Junior NEPGA tournaments. was the shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we played our fair share of those for sure. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Challenge Cup down in the Providence area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We love the Challenge Cup too. Challenge Cup's awesome. I mean, that was, you get into some, um, like real tournaments with big fields and like yeah. 100, 100, 150 guys would play in like the World Series. The World Series was the, I guess the, the biggest one they had, um, every year. And yeah, down at Triggs, down, right? Triggs. <laughs> the Triggs is my spot. I love that place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've, I've always played well at Triggs and, um, yeah. So those, those two junior tournaments were, were awesome junior series to to get competition and uh, get some experience. Yeah, so you must have done pretty well in in all those tournaments because you end up playing golf at Princeton in college, which is obviously an unbelievable school with a, a good golf pro program. But 
New Jersey winters aren't really the kindest for guys looking to play professional golf. So was was turning pro always your plan? No, it wasn't. It was um I worked I worked during the summers in college. Um I wasn't really I wasn't really like approaching it like I was going to go turn pro and um but but yeah, it was it was cool. I wanted to go to a I wanted to go to a school that had, you know, a good academic school and that was that's always been really important to my family is um, is working hard in school and my dad would always say that one one A in school is worth worth one hundred sixty fives um, <laughs> and so and so yeah that was always I mean we we really valued that I was I was looking at uh, some kind of bigger bigger name golf schools that that were also good academically but I didn't end up getting recruited by um, by any of these schools, I was, I was, I was a good player for sure, but I wasn't playing like a, a national junior schedule, like, uh, like all these kids were to get my ranking, like a national ranking high. And, um, and so that was, that was good motivation. I mean, I know a lot of these kids that, that got recruited over me. I mean, I would, I'd keep an eye out and make sure I beat them all the time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, so, and that's huge that you had the Princeton education to kind of have that security or knowing that um you had something not to fall back on but but something that you could could carry with you whereas a lot of the other guys are kind of it's it's this or they're flipping burgers at mcdonald's you know um it's and (laughs) yeah yeah no it's um i mean really princeton it it definitely made me more like intellectually curious, I would say. Um, I, I started reading actually a lot more after school. Um, uh, after school was over, I was, yeah, I was fired up to learn more about, about a bunch of stuff and, and gave me a good thing to, to do while I'm, while I've been traveling on the road and, you know, plane rides and, um, and just, yeah, time on the road. There's, there's a lot of time. Um, so, yeah, Princeton Princeton was awesome and really made me want to learn. And yeah, I I can't remember what the question was. <laughs> yeah, no, you answered it perfectly. But uh you turned professional after graduating in 2012 and shortly after you win the 2013 Massachusetts Open, which was also around the time of the Boston Marathon bombing. And the story was you you donated uh your winning prize of I think around $15,000 to marathon bombing relief, which is mm-hmm. super commendable and unbelievable. What made you decide to donate such a significant amount of money early in your career? Cause at this time you probably were paying off some student loans and, you know, trying to jumpstart your professional career. So kind of, you know, what was your motivation behind that? Yeah. I, well, I saw a lot of people doing so much for, um, for that. I mean, I, I remember it was kind of, it was just a crazy, a crazy thing that happened for, for Boston. And I I was playing granite links at the time when it happened. And I remember it, uh, remember it really well and started to hear a bunch of sirens and it was just kind of crazy that that, that happened in Boston and, yeah, and so many people doing so much and giving their time effort. And I still, I still feel this way that I, I, haven't really done all that much for society or the greater good. And, and I want to, and I continue to want to do more with, with my time and, 
and hopefully money as well. Harm God, folks. He is really like <laughs> God. He's yeah, a man yeah. of the people. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> no, but that it, it is great that, and I think more people in our in our communities need to feel that responsibility of uh, being grateful for for what they have and and feeling the obligation to give back. And and that, so that's great. I mean, that's that's one of the more incredible things that I've that I've heard in in professional golf. Yeah, seriously. And I think too, it's you know a lot of people look for excuses maybe not to help, and it's kind of selfish in that way, but. You're a professional golfer, have nothing to do with, you know, the marathon bombing relief and you find a way to help. So I, I think that's so cool. And the fact that I didn't hear about it until a couple of weeks ago, it, it's kind of ridiculous. So, you know, super commendable on your part. And, uh, you know, everyone in the city really appreciates that. Yeah, thanks. I mean, yeah, it's it's incredible what all the the doctors, the first responders, even just in general and I mean, in that situation, but. I mean, teachers, firemen, police officers, like those people are, those people are doing real work. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, 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 I love that about, about those professions and definitely acknowledge that I'm not doing real work. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's, um, I like doing those things. So the last thing we wanted to ask you before our, our final quick segment you spent about eight years between turning pro and, you know, now being a rookie on the Corn Ferry Tour. You played on PGA Tour Latino America and some mini tours as well. Do you have any crazy stories from from those times? Because we've definitely heard our fair share. I'm wondering if you had any. <laughs> I mean, the, the Latino's got to be a crazy experience. Yeah. I oh, it's... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, it's... Latino, the Latino Tour is amazing. I mean, I... um. I love it down there. Like I, I, I remember uh, my first year playing playing there, and I got off the plane in in Chile, in Santiago, Chile, and you, you're kind of going. Um, I mean, this isn't like a crazy story or anything, but you leave the airport and you, I don't know what. I mean, you're on the side of the mountain, kind of like switch backing down this mountain, then you switch back up this mountain, and I I remember that moment of being like where am I right now? What am I <laughs> <Yeah>. doing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and then, I mean, just Santiago in general is pretty incredible. I mean, you're surrounded by these, it's like, when were we there? Springtime. And, uh, yeah, there's these, all these huge mountains around you with snow. And then, yeah, there, I mean, there are a bunch of, the food down there is incredible. So I remember, I remember the Argentina open, the first year I played it at this, it's called the Jockey Club. It's a, it's an Alistair McKenzie course. It's a sweet course. Um, oh, wow. And they had the, they have these things called choripan, which is chorizo just on bread. And, and I, this thing at the snack shack on like the 11th green. And these things were incredible. And I, I mean, I definitely credit those things to missing the cut. Cause I was like, <laughs> I mean, I was, I was just ham- it actually it doubles back to that snack shack a couple times, and I'm just like send my caddy over to get like get me two each time, <laughs> and yeah, I mean these things are anyway. The food down there is is so good, but that's um, awesome. Are, do but you I, guys play yeah. some decent courses? Oh yeah, the courses are are amazing. I mean, other than just the general experience being down there, the courses. Um, so we played. The first two years we played Teeth the Dog uh, in the Dominican. I mean, that's one of my favorite courses that I've played, really. Um, that's at Casa de Campo. And 
Yeah, we had the, we play the jockey club, the Argentina Open. Argentina is a big, they have a big golf culture down there. And they always, they, they take it really seriously. Always a bunch of people coming out to play or coming out to watch. And you play, we play the jockey club every other year, which is the sweet, um, Alistair McKenzie course. But, but yeah, there, uh, there's a massive variety of courses down there. I mean, you play Bermuda courses kind of at sea level. Um, and then you're at elevation in Quito and Bogota and a couple of, a couple of places in Mexico. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was on the, on the food, on the food topic. Yeah. In Mexico, I remember we had this guy pick us up from the airport. This guy is in this tiny little cab and the guy weighed like 400 pounds and he's absolutely massive. And so I was like, this guy knows this knows guy knows what's food. up. <laughs> <laughs> and so we get in the car and I'm like, all right, take me to your street taco place, please. Um, <laughs> and so, and thank, I mean, thank the Lord he was with us. Cause I mean, we go into, we're in Mazatlan, Mexico, but I mean, this place is, I mean, the, the, these tacos were incredible. They're, it was, it was really late too. It was like 11 PM and they're like fresh pressing the dough and then like putting the tortillas like right on the grill. Like everything is ridiculously fresh. They're like chopping tomatoes there and onions and like making this like fresh salsa. And, um, yeah. And so we had, so then I was like, Oh my gosh, this is incredible. And the next day we had him take us to like his best salsa place. And then, cause we had a little kitchen in this place we were at. So he took us to his best salsa place, his best tortilla place. And we got like all the, the best of all these different ingredients. And then we were just making tacos the rest of the week. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it was good times. Did you stay anywhere really kind of sketchy or that you were, you're like, holy shit, like, you know, what am I doing here? (laughs) I mean, last year there was this place, um, Termas de Rio Hondo in Argentina. It's like, um, (laughs) this place is, um, I mean, it's, the town is whatever. I made the mistake of like not really doing a whole lot of research. This caddy I have in Argentina, he, he was like, there is the host hotel, but this other hotel is nicer. And I didn't either. And I just booked this one place. It kind of looked decent online and it was pretty cheap. And I was like, sweet. And so we get there and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, the place was completely kind of overgrown. And, and then we, we get there and we're like, all right, this is a little bit weird, but whatever. And it's kind of in the middle of nowhere and the place is deserted and overgrown. And then, <laughs> and then we, like, we go about our things and then get down to dinner. And it was bizarre. I mean, the place was completely like infested with bugs. I mean, oh I've never, God. I've never seen, I've never seen like that density of, of mosquitoes. Anywhere, Jesus. let alone, let alone inside at a big, at a big buffet. I mean, oh, it was dear. like, it's like we're, you're eating and you're like at a table up next to the window and the whole window is covered with bugs. The bugs are like swarming everywhere. Bugs are just swarming in the room at night. Um, <laughs> like it was, uh, it was something. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, 
we checked out in the morning. Um, yeah. <laughs> we were like, maybe we should just stay in the host hotel with all the other players. I, I try to avoid that most of the time, but yeah, I, it was necessary that week. <laughs> yeah, maybe empanadas with the side of mosquitoes aren't aren't the best thing to eat. <laughs> I mean, the yeah, the medialunas, like the little croissants, were incredible at this place. Um, I'll get, I'll definitely give them that. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it was it was a little different. So our last segment is just a quick segment here. We've got 10 rapid fire questions. So Chris and I are going to alternate whatever the first thing that comes to your mind is. That's what you got to answer. And we're going to start you off easy. First so, question is or, what putter uh, are you gaming? Uh, it's called, it's a sick putter, S-I-K. It's, that's the kind that Bryson, Bryson, Bryson uses. Yeah. yeah, We're team Bryson. Yeah, we love that. Yeah. I got I got on the train well before Bryson though. I've been using this same putterhead for since 2012. So I've been I've been going strong for the last eight years with this thing. Wow. All right, so Bryson bandwagoned on you. I see exactly. Favorite Boston <laughs> athlete of all time? Uh, probably probably Manny. That's Manny Ramirez. Hard, hard to argue. I'd say the same maybe <laughs> for me. Uh, last time you didn't break 80. Uh, uh I don't I don't remember. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we'd love to hear. <laughs> That's the answer we were looking for. <laughs> Evan, when are you going to shave that beard? It's it's a fluid situation. <laughs> I, have, I have no plans. I mean, I had to shave it earlier this year because I wasn't maintaining it very well, and my skin was my skin was in rough shape underneath the beard. So I've been trying to I've been finding a a happy treatment medium to to keep it keep it stable you know <laughs> yeah you got you got to roll with it it's part of the identity now right oh i know yeah, <laughs> yeah. well I'm, I'm a little more concerned with uh with my health than my brand i guess <laughs> yeah celebrity crush um probably jessica alba love it tough, tough to argue best <laughs> course you've ever played uh shinnecock that place is unreal. I mean, I, I'm not really like a design purist kind of thing, but you do, you step up on every hole there and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is an amazing design. And I mean, it's a really, really pretty course too. But, um, but yeah, there's just something about it. One know, of those place. courses where every hole seems to be like a signature hole. Yeah. Yeah. I was out on Long Island. I played it once and I was out on Long Island and I decided to drive like, an hour and a half just to kind of like just to go around and just to go and like drive around Shinnecock and uh it was really early in the morning and um yeah that place is like mystical magical like it has that feel you know Mm -hmm. favorite drink um I like I like beer I like a lot of these uh I like the IPAs gotcha you have any good Mexican beers for you down there I like Tecate whenever I'm, I drink Tecate whenever I can. Gotcha. <laughs> What's your lowest score ever? Uh, 61. That's, that's pretty deep. Were you on the 59 <laughs> watch late? Yeah. Um, no, no, I chipped in for Eagle to shoot 50, oh, wow. to shoot 61. Yeah. Um, what, what course was it at? It was at Ocean Reef down in Key Largo. LeBron or MJ? Uh, oh, MJ. Tiger or Jack? Tiger, that's that's what we needed to hear. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what we needed to hear. Yeah, that's kind of a no-brainer in my opinion. <laughs> last last question: Who's winning the twenty twenty Masters? Uh, 
Mm. I'm going to go, let's see here. I kind of think Kepka. I mean, wow, I don't know. I just think his career. Yeah. I just think he, um, yeah, I don't know. Now that I say that, I'm not sure he's going to win. I, <laughs> um, let's see. Give me like two seconds. I want an educated guess here. Uh, I mean, I keep, Ricky is just like in my mind, but I really don't see Ricky winning. Yeah, he's uh, having his struggles right now. He, he could turn it around, but. I think Rom, I think Rom might win it. Yeah, that's a really solid pick. He's a stud. Lock it in, folks. John Rom's your champ. Or Kepler. <laughs> yep. You got two picks. Yeah, Evan I kind of threw three so. out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whichever one wins is your pick, basically. What you're <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm awful at picking golf. I, I don't. Yeah. It's I, tough. You got a big field, a lot of guys to pick from. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't figured it out. I don't really, I don't watch a ton of golf either. So it's hard yeah. to, it's hard to say. Well, Evan, that's all we got for today. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. We really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck with the rest of your wraparound season. Hopefully, we'll be seeing you on the PGA Tour. Yeah, thank you guys. Oh, so I had one other thing. Um, I thought it was fitting given given the name of your podcast. I On 17, this the during when I won in Savannah, I, uh, I hit a chili dip. No. <laughs> 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 I mean, it, it actually, it was, it was off the, it was off the hosel. I mean, it was like a, it didn't like shank, shank, like directly right, but it was 17 on, on Saturday. And yeah, I mean, I hit, hit the hosel and I was like, oh my gosh. And, <laughs> and uh, actually had to make like a great, a great putt for bogey. Um, but yeah, I mean, can still win hitting chili dips. There you That's go. Perfectly on brand. <laughs> yeah. Arm God, thanks for thanks for hanging with us. Uh, don't forget about us when you get your tour card. Yeah. <laughs> don't Absolutely forget about not. the little guys. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. <laughs> well, thank thanks, you guys. so much. We'll keep in touch, and uh, you know, have good luck with the rest of the season. All right, appreciate it, guys. So there you have it, Harm God coming at you live. Sean, I actually I thought that Latino America bit was hilarious. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. It really it, it puts into perspective how crazy like that journey is for someone to to climb the ranks of professional golf. I know, and it's it kind of seems like the Latino America tour is is like a mini tour on steroids. You know, you get the crazy experiences, totally. but you're in a totally foreign country. You don't speak the language. So the stories you get out of there are just a riot. I think it would be yeah. sick playing on Latino. Oh, I yeah. know. That place seems like the wilderness. Anyways, let's get to CJ Cup, Shadow Creek, Stadium. It's an absolute stadium. Yeah, an arena. What do we think? Uh, you know, I'm excited for this week. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about the golf course besides what we saw in the Tiger and Phil match. So I'm really looking forward to see... You know what kind of playing styles prevail there i guess i'm interested to see like what scoring conditions are going to be like and you know what is this course supposed to yield you know low scores it's supposed to be tough because you know tiger and phil didn't give us any idea during the match yeah i don't yeah. think they're gonna tear it up i mean i'm predicting it, like 10 to 15 under i would say i would say anything between 
Yeah, I don't think it's going to the 20s. No, absolutely not. No, it seems like a a ball striker's paradise. I mean, you got to hit good shots. There's plenty of bogeys to be made out there. The weather's going to be good, it looks like. You know, typical Vegas. It's going to be in the 80s and 90s. So, yeah, I think, Chris, you're spot on with that 10 to 15 number. Yeah, if it's single digits, it's... I think that's where you get into, okay, this is playing kind of a tough course this week. You get into 10 to 15, it's like, you know, that's probably where you want to hover around average, and then you get into the 20s, and it's like, Jesus Christ, you have Martin Laird winning tournaments. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm sure this course will yield like a, you know, like a 64 at some point in the week, but, you know, I'm interested to see if this course is actually going to, you know, you know, separate guys from the field where, you know, one person kind of really you know, shows themselves to be better than the rest. Yeah, and I think if we get if we get a winning score in the single digits under par, you could make the argument that this is a top five course on the PGA Tour because we're going to get easy scoring <laughs> conditions. So if it plays tough, then this should be a staple on, on the tour schedule. Yeah, I was about to say, this is, kind of, this is kind of Shadow Creek's audition. Yeah, exactly. Guys, the Hunter Mayhan Revenge Tour is taking a brief pause... He's not playing this week. Unfortunately, I mean, couldn't find his way into this event. But I mean, but by you know seeing his social media activity and his interactions with PGA memes, we we can't put it on a total pause yet. And after declaring uh, Evan Harmeling to be Harm God, I think we could get a new revenge tour starting this week with Brian Harmon. Oh, Brian Harmon revenge tour, big time, big time. Former Harm God, yeah, yeah. No Do you longer. Think this harm is God. the course that the revenge tour you know gets off to a hot start. I think so. I mean, Harmon's playing some good golf, so we'll get I to think, Harmon in our matchups. Yeah, yeah. We'll get yeah more down the road. Um, Cam Davis, can Cam Davis? Hello, are you there? <laughs> is Cam Davis there? Is Cam Davis playing? Oh, he's not. He's the... not playing. Wow, you Chris, can't get into the field at the CJ Cup. Chris, we're not making oh the argument that Cam Davis is a top five player in the oh world. Oh my god! I mean, god. he's a good player. He's not, you know, he's not going to be finding his way into the CJ Cup. Cam every Davis year, but. should be in should be in Vegas, but he should be sitting down hacking cigs at the slot machines. <laughs> <laughs> After last week's miscut, he probably is. Should we get to matchups? Let's get. Yeah, matchups. let's go for it. All right. First matchup on the board. I think this is kind of a boring matchup and an easy pick. We got Xander versus John Rahm. I'm taking Xander. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I I think Xander might actually win this week. He's oh good. My he's good God. value. I mean, outrageous. I I think this is the type of course you know. Like it seems tough. It doesn't seem impossible, and he's and he's been playing some really really good golf coming into, coming into. Um, Coming into this week, I know he kind of spit the bit on the last day of the U.S. Open, but still. Yeah, I'm a huge Xander guy usually, but this week it's got to be John Rahm. I mean, he's playing probably the best golf in the world after Bryson, DJ. So I think it's a no-brainer for me. It's a no-brainer for me too. This is John Rahm, and this is John Rahm going away. Hey, Sean, you just mentioned DJ. Uh, Get well soon, Dustin. Yeah. You that, guys got bailed out. No, no, no. Let no. me recap. Let DJ me recap. We're was guaranteed about, to win this week. Huge tragedy that he's not playing. 
let me let me give you a little recap here. We're I you know we're talking about how DJ is a pussy because he can only hit 192 ball speed in gym clothes on the range. And <laughs> I like how and, me and Sean I like how me and Sean say get well soon and now and now you're already rashing on the guy. Yeah, yeah, you like you say he's far better than Bryson. So the the so I was gonna make you stick to your word here and take DJ over Bryson in a matchup, which I, I know you didn't want to do. I know I would you have didn't happily do. done that. You would also not have done Bryson's that. not playing this week, so that would have been an automatic win for DJ. Yeah, well, neither of them are. But if they both were, you would have been fucked. All right, well, we'll, we'll see at Augusta. I guess, yeah, I guess that's the next time Bryson's playing. So yeah, and that DJ's playing. Hopefully, he's recovered by then. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, prayers you know, up could, for DJ. This could be terrible for his game. So, so we'll we'll see. We'll reanalyze. Really worried about the guy. We'll, well reanalyze. I mean, he now officially has to take a fourteen day break. He's really hope that he you pulls know, through. On his carpet. I know, and he was playing so good too. It's kind of a shame. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. All right, All right let's get to Ma- the first. Let's get to the second matchup. Let's get to or really we, the, we the finished. Let's get to really the first matchup because the. Rom versus Xander is a joke. So it's Spieth versus Fitzpatrick. Oh, God. <laughs> is anybody actually taking Spieth? I'm taking Spieth. How can you take Spieth? I'm taking Spieth. Spieth cannot put four tournament rounds together. He, Yeah, he can't find the He's center of the club. guaranteed place. to shoot 75 or above one day. I'm taking Spieth. God. It sucks to watch that man basically just yip and twitch his way around the golf course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chris, I think you're on crack. I'm taking Fitzpatrick. This is a no-brainer for me. He's got to back up what he said last week about Bryson. He's he's gonna play well. You Big know, like, week for Fitzpatrick. Video game glitches and like it just start like does like that stop start thing. That's what like speeds trigger like over the ball looks like he's just that's what his whole golf swing looks like right now it's just so jerky and like there's no flow it's sick (laughs) you're gonna take the guy who called out bryson i am i yeah he has to back up what he said if if he can't back up what he said i'm gonna have no respect for him it's a big week for fitzpatrick huge week maybe the biggest week of his career Huge. Yeah, this is a big week for Fitzpatrick. I mean, he got. I think we can all all say that we're not Team Fitzpatrick on this issue. No, the pressure's on him. Honestly, at this point, he's got. For, he's got for, for no so. reason. He did that. And, yeah, but if he no, delivers, no one asked him. That's true. <laughs> you know. I mean, like, he's always like that guy. You know, he's like 19th in the world. When you scroll through the top 20, you're just like, Jesus Christ, he's 19. It's pretty dark. He's sneaky. He's very sneaky. I Matt, mean, what what's more surprising to you? Him being 19th in the world or Wolf being 12th? Or Victor Perez being 34th? <laughs> or Terrell Hatton being 10th? Yeah, nah, that's Terrell Hatton's really bad. bad. That's the biggest surprise That's so to me. bad. Yeah. How is that bad? No, dude, he does not deserve to be 10th. I think DB cool. straight vibing's lower than him. I mean, he's he's got to be like... 15th to 20th now. I take DB. is 13th. Okay. I take DB over Terrell Hatton any day of the week. That'd be a fun match. Well, let's 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 look at DB versus Brian Harmon, because that's one of our matchups this week. 
And we were talking about Harmon Revenge Tour. This is a tough pick. It's not as weak. DB straight vibe. It's DB straight vibe, and he's playing unreal golf all year. The guy's so consistent. I mean, he's, you know, he's back in like that 2016 17 form where, you know, he'd be near the top of the leaderboard almost every week, but he'd only win at like TPC Southwind. Yeah. It's hard to go with bootleg harm god. It is. Yeah, TV we can't just disrespect ball. the real harm god after we yeah. just interviewed him. Totally. By the way, Evan Harmling now officially friend of the pod. That's Official. our first true friend of the pod. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Besides KJ Neiman and Tyler McCumber, but yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the first one we've gotten into contact with. <laughs> All right, so who are you guys taking there? DB? Yep. I'm taking DB. I'm still undecided. I haven't oh made God. my decision yet. Can we? You, you haven't I might made a flip pick. A coin. You spent. You pushed our pod back like 15 <laughs> minutes just yeah. so you could be prepared, <laughs> and you're not prepared. I was doing all the heavy lifting with the editing. Oh my God! It the time is now. You got to pick. Who's yeah. it going to be? I Holding think I'm going to have to take DB. Yeah. And wash you guys out. That was pure sh- strategy there. <laughs> so we're washed on Burger Harmon could be dead I mean he could be dead now he's just getting faded from every which way yeah yeah it's really unfortunate let's go to uh Pasco your favorite player uh Tommy Fleetwood against Brooks Brooks making his big return you can't you can't it. take Fleetwood this is this is like you're already locked in to take Bryson and Brooks is a you mean Brooks. past champion here. I meant sorry, Brooks. Sorry. Yeah. Brooks that, won this event was, two years that ago. That was on the other side of the world. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And Doesn't also, matter. And also, Brooks basically has one leg at this point. He might as well be an amputee. Uh, Kepka <laughs> was Kepka was one of Harm God's picks to win the Masters. Yeah. So yeah, keep that in mind. I think I think Bryson has just kind of bombed Brooks into oblivion. So, Mike, you're you're on you're on Kepka, and I'm on Fleetwood. No, I'm on Fleetwood. No, you're not on Fleetwood. You can't. I am. You're on officially I'm going not to take allowed to take two Fleetwood. I'll take one. I'll take my guy BK. I'll take Kepka. Wow. I th- I think wow. he burst back onto the scene this week. You know, I love Fleetwood, one of my favorite players, but big week for Kepka coming out here. Mike, do you do you realize how disrespectful that is? Yeah, that is pretty disrespectful. To hey, absolutely rip a guy. Tell you you know what you said on, on episode two is he should retire. Period. Yes. <laughs> and now you're and taking he, him and he didn't listen now you're to riding advice, him. and here he is still playing. I'm going to pick him. Do I still think he should be retired? Absolutely. <laughs> wow. That just shows us what you think about Kepka. Does he have any cartilage in his knee? <laughs> we'll find out, I guess. Yeah. Okay, I'm taking let, him. Let's get to another easy pick here. And this, I mean, all of them are easy picks for me. But this is, this isn't especially easy. We got Rory versus JT. It's Rory. I'm, it's Rory. Yeah, I'll take Rory too. Oh, God. It's <laughs> really interesting pod, guys. Yes, yeah, super interesting. Wash, matchups. wash, wash, wash. Fine. Okay. I'll be, I'll go, I'll what? be the contrarian. I'll take JT. All right. All right. You didn't have to do that, but. I guess you that's a dug your own grave. That's a free loss for you. <laughs> I mean, what what fun is this going to be when everybody when it's a wash across the entire board? That was actually our first wash. Oh no, second wash. Really? Second wash. 
<laughs> okay, let's let's keep it moving here. Uh, we're gonna get to our back asswood segment. We're each picking two guys or one guy. Wait, wait, for whoa, each whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on. Pick what? to win. Oh, pick to win. How could I forget? Yeah. Oh, I have a brilliant pick to win. Let's hear it. You want me to go first? Go first. Yeah, you can't just say I've got a brilliant pick <laughs> and then pick last. Yeah, yeah. My brilliant pick to win. So we had the Justin Thomas versus Rory matchup, and I took Rory easy pick. My pick to win is JT. What? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? And it's me? a sick pick because if JT wins, <coughs> it's I get, the best of both worlds. I get five credits of matchup wins, which is the rule we put in. And if Rory wins, it's just an easy win. So it's a it's a hedge. My pick for this week is Mr. John Rahm. I took him in the first matchup. He plays at Whisper Rock, which is in Arizona. Whisper Rock is at an elevation of about 2,000 feet. Shadow Creek is also at an elevation of about 2,000 feet. I'm a huge elevation guy. I think it's going to play a big factor this week in distance control. This is a ball striker's paradise. I will take John Rom all day. I think you might be overthinking this one. Yeah, nope. I was about to say, you you got really deep in there. But I will say, having an elevation that's not quite like, what are we at, Sean, in Boulder? 5,000? Like, yeah, a little over 5,000. Not not having it be that much of a difference where it's like, okay, it's a club, club and a half, whatever. This yeah, is like just say, enough, go- just enough to where you just fly the green a little bit then you yeah. second guess the next one it's a really and awkward number that's why that's why i chose him Two thousand feet it's got to be like a five percent difference that's really tough for a lot of guys so are you guys just like is your like stock seven iron yardage now like 210 yards uh it's like two it's like 195 too it's like 200 yeah so that ball's moving up where you guys are yeah so i mean it the, changes the, if you're into the wind down you got a flyer you know you hit it low. It's so is the adjustment. It's ever like, changing. It's tough. Was the adjustment tough. crazy hard to get used to? Yeah, I still have no idea how far my wedges go. <laughs> We've been out here for two months, <laughs> Sean. I don't think you ever knew how far your wedges went. No, no, it's been a work in progress for about mm, ten years. Mike, who's your pick? Uh, I'm gonna pick off form, Chris. You're gonna hate me for this one. I'm gonna take Matt Wolf. Um, Jesus, I thought you were gonna take Fleetwood. No. no. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, it's a good that. pick. It's a good pick. Um, he's been on an been on an absolute heater. Uh, really played great at the U.S. Open. He's really played great ever since the restart. Um, you know, ha- his Sundays haven't been the best. He did play good last weekend on Sunday, um, but it almost feels like you know if he's gonna you know break through and get that second win, it's gonna be on a bigger stage. So, Mike, you're you're slowly making your way up the world rankings. Last week you had Joel Damon. Now you're at Matt Wolf. <laughs> who's, who's it going to be next? <laughs> who's yeah, going to be next? Damon was a sick pick. Yeah, that was a sweet pick. <laughs> that worked out well for you. Yeah, but I'll, I'll take Matt Wolf. All right, lock it in. Now let's get to the back ass words. So we're each we're each. I don't want to recap it again. This is a fun re- week for back ass words because you know this is actually this is actually a good field. So you know. Some of us are going to have to fly close to the sun. Yeah, for sure. It is. I saw Damon was down there at the bottom. Yeah. No, there's going to be some guys you've heard of that we're picking this week. So it, it'll get more interesting as we as we move along with this segment. Oh, uh, we we uh, instituted a special rule this week. Uh, we're only 
picking amongst the PGA Tour card holding players. So that's right. Any of those, you know, Korean guys that you know you haven't really heard of, or you know, even that we haven't heard of. I mean, you know, we're 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 savvy golf fans. We we can't claim to know everybody. So you know, there's only going to be a couple Koreans that are <coughs> be eligible for back passwords this week. All right. So what are we doing for order, guys? I think because Mike, you had the worst record last week. We'll let you go first. No one last week in the back ass words made, the, made cut. the cut. So we stand square on that. So so I think it's Mike, then me, because I had the worst record week one, and then it's you. And you can't take anyone that we previously took. So that takes Martin Trainer, Graham Dillette, KJ Choi, Kevin Stadler, Sean O'Hare, and Zach Blair off the board. Too bad I don't they think didn't even sniff the tournament this week. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't think anybody is in the top 10 of that alternate list this week. No. Mike, who right. you got? Who, who do I want to pick for? I'll pick for you, Sean, because I feel like if I pick this guy and he makes a cut, Chris is not going to shut the hell up about it. Um, <laughs> I, let's fly close to the sun. Let's get a little oh, controversial. Dear. Sean, I'm giving you a three-time major champion, what? Jordan Speed. <laughs> No. <laughs> wow, this all of a sudden got interesting. Uh, thank you for that gift, Mike. I'm gonna. I don't know if that's a gift. I think I might win. <laughs> I'm gonna return the gift by giving you Tom Hoagie. Tom Hoagie's kind of oh, sick. Looking at odds, he was down near the bottom. So he had a good year last year, though, right? Yeah, but I think he's had a tough one this year. You guys took none of my guys off the board. Which was good, and I'm gonna give. Hmm, I'm gonna give Sean since he's Speed's probably gonna make the cut, so I gotta give him a good one here. I'm gonna give him the Goocher, not Coocher, Goocher, Taylor Gooch. You know, not a bad addition to the team. I like his odds it's this week. It's a Gooch choke. You're locked in. You got. I'm Spieth locked and in. Gooch. I got Speed and Gooch. I'm riding him this week. I like my chances, Mike. Who you got? Second pick. Second pick. Uh. And this is going to be for you, right, Sean? This is for Chris. Oh, yeah, right. Sean's loaded I, up. Yeah, I haven't really gotten up. any picks yet. No. You've not gotten any picks? Oh, God. Mike, your attention uh, span is off the charts bad. Terrible. Yeah, I've, it's a bit of bad ADHD to, day today. Um, who do I want to give you? I will give you... I'll give you Carlos Ortiz. haven't really heard anything from him ever since he made it on onto the tour you know all right i'll take carlos the only the only time i can ever really recall him doing anything of note was like i think he almost won mayakoba one year that's all i can think of i mean he was sick went back when it was on the web he was insane yeah he was, he was. Tour player. he was a web god all right so that uh, that leaves me yeah so that leaves me i'll uh i'll give chris k h lee isn't he off the board no he's a no. pga tour player He's actually he okay. actually made the playoffs that's last actually, year. That's actually Sean. That's a terrible pick. No, no, it's not. Okay. What do you want that's me to fine. retract it? No, I don't want you to retract <laughs> it. All right. So that's your guy. Ride right. with him. Um, my final pick is going to Mike. And Mike, I got four options for you. Who do you want? Oh here? my god. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's nice. Let him choose. You want Mark Hubbard, Adam Long, Ben On, or Dylan Fratelli? Oh God! The, who do you like the least? I'm you not gonna pick. tell you. He hates Fratelli. Yeah, I'm not a Fratelli guy either. 
Yeah, let's you, go. You got to ride Fratelli just for that, though. Yeah, give me Fratelli. Okay, I'm not going to give you Fratelli. I'm going to give you Mark Hubbard. Okay. <laughs> so I'm riding with uh, Mark Hubbard. You, you and got, you gave, I, Sean, who'd you give me again? Tom Hoagie. Tom Hoagie. Hoagie. Locking in. We got some good ones this week. Potentially some guys that could make the cut and uh, make it really interesting. Hubbard and Tom Sub, Tom Hoagie. And what? Tom Sub. It's a, you never heard that? You never heard a sub called a hoagie? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Tom That's Sub. That's outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Chris, I was Tom so tempted. <laughs> He's Tom Sub from So outrageous. <laughs> yeah, that that is crazy tapped. Let's let's move past Tom that. Sub. That's terrible. <laughs> let's get to our masters sleeper draft. Every episode, we pick one guy outside the top thirty who's going to win the masters, or we think is going to do well. Do we really think anybody outside the top thirty is actually going to do well at the masters this year? Yes, I think I yeah. actually could be picking the winner. Oh god, depending. I on think chris and i have had some strong picks we have some strong picks so let so we're going to recap here sean's taken matt kuchar who was outside the top 30 on the date of the pick and moved back in big so time sneaky pick. big pick you also took scotty scheffler mike also amazing pick you took harris english hopefully he doesn't lose a ball on one <laughs> tough to do at augusta victor perez which we don't have to say anything about him yep and I took Kisner and Sergio. Okay. So what do we got for order? Do I get to go first now? Yeah. Yeah, you go first. All right. I have a tough choice here between two guys. This is a big gut pick session for me. I'm going to take... Oh, wait. I don't know if this guy's outside the top 30. <laughs> it's... Mm, huh. All right. I'm 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 taking Bubba. I because no I didn't know if my other he's... pick was inside the top 30. Is Bubba outside <laughs> the top 30? Yeah, he's way Yeah, out. he has to be. Oh, yeah. He kind of sucks now, right? I'll tell you who's definitely outside the top 30 is Cam Davis. I don't even think he's in the field. Yeah, he's definitely not. Yeah, I just wanted to to say a little Cam Davis. Get a cheap shot in. Just wanted to plant the seed. All right, so it's my pick next. Oh, fuck. I could have taken him. Whatever, I'll save him for next week. I'll take him for next week. You guys won't pick him. Sean, I hope you pick this guy. If you pick him, I'm going to be... (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to read his mind right now and think of who he'd pick. And I know he likes this guy a lot, so I'm going to try to swipe him off the board oh, early. no. I oh, know you're going to do it. Burnt Viesberger. Wow. Taking that, him off guy? the board. That was not my guy. He's had a good track record at Augusta. He, he makes I think a ton of birdies. Yeah, and he makes a lot of cuts. So he's pretty much guaranteed money. And the guy knows how to win. He won a lot last year. Yeah, really, really underrated player. You're taking the Viser. I've got the Viser. All right, Mike. You know, I'm looking this at This is, OG. let's see if you can make an equally legendary bad pick here. Oh, no. This is, <laughs> no I'm sure I'll get a compliment for this pick. I'm stunned this guy is number 46 in the world. And Fuck. Oh, my God. I think, you've, I think you're going to take him. Yeah, I'm... It's we're taking Walkie. Fuck! Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. No, that's so bad. I would have taken him if I knew. Oh my god! Yes, that is a so bad. I colossal choke. He hasn't been taken. I cannot believe one of the chokes of 2020. Neiman's one of my favorite. Filled up a lot of chokes. 
Neem is one of my favorite players. He's a friend of the pod. I played in a tournament with him. Got dusted by him. Got dusted. <laughs> got smoked. Got blitzkrieged. Anyways. I didn't even know he was 46th in the world. I would have bet on like 25. Yeah, that, yeah I was about to say. I th- feels so That's low. why I didn't want to pick him. I was sure he was hovering. That is a major choke. That's a good pick, Mike. Yeah, That's really good, good pick. pick. Probably makes up for Victor Perez, to be honest. It's hard to believe that uh, Victor Perez is 12 spots higher in the OWGR than uh Yeah, that's, that's yeah. embarrassing. That's a crime. Double homicide. That's just, it's, an indi- it's an indictment of the formula. Yeah, all I can really say is. is, out of all of our picks, there's two former champs, and I have both of them. Who'd you, who'd you pick in week one, Sergio? No, I, it's Kisner week one, but then, yeah, I picked Sergio and then Bubba. Yeah, I mean, history plays a big role at Augusta, so... We'll see how that works out. I've got guys with good track records, though, in Wiesberger and Kucher. Um, and I've gone with youth. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Hunter Mayhan Revenge Tour continues. Brian Harmon Revenge Tour continues. Harm Starts- God is, in fact, a god. JT's going to win, but Rory's going to win the matchup. And that's all. That's that's my recap. That's, that's all I have to say. <laughs> that's all she wrote. Oh, my goodness. 